Hello, fellow investors. This is Mike from Two Buds Talk Stocks. This is part two of our epic three-hour pod where we dive into Nate's dividend pain portfolio. It's a must-listen for all dividend owners out there, and I hope you guys enjoy it as much as we did. Welcome to the podcast. Join Nate and Mike, lifelong friends, as they discuss stocks and investing. The name says it all. This, this is, is Two Buds, Buds Talk, Talk Stocks. Stocks. All opinions expressed by Nate and Mike are their own. Please do not buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. So this next company too, this one is, say there's some on here and, and FedEx would be the same. So pay dividends for, for 10 years, but FedEx actually hasn't increased it for, for, for 10 years Big straight. This, this next company too, it's uh, GPN. So it's Global Payment Networks. They basically... Um, they have a big network of uh, when you go, if you buy those prepaid Visa gift cards, they, mm-hmm. they do a lot of those. They have partnerships with a lot of those companies, but then they also do a lot of the back end um, credit card processing. So you think of somebody like uh, MasterCard and Visa that's running the uh, the actual transi- uh, transactions, their, their networks uh, tie in for a lot of those end to end from the business to the uh, to the consumer, to the payment platform. So I think we've, we've talked about this plenty of times too. We're only using more and more online payments, whether it's credit card or other means. And uh, Global Payment Network is a big beneficiary of this. And plus, they have the side business for those that are underbanked that, that aren't able to get accounts with uh, prepaid cards. And um, the fees on those are kind of astronomical, but those are the fees that are just going somewhere, like straight to their to their bottom line. It actually kind of reminds me of this company, Toast. Have you mm-hmm. heard of them? I have heard of this company. Was it, did we talk about this? I don't know why I've heard this. No, no, know. it's it's just as and it just again it kind of reminds me of it. It's and maybe I'll botch this a little bit, but Toast essentially does the networking for people when they pay through restaurants. Mm-hmm. So you're not trying yep. to pick. You know, look, the market cap of uh, your global networks is what twenty two billion. Toast yep. is twelve billion. So they're both small companies. Uh, T O S T is the symbol. But Toast is where when people, when you go to make your, your payment at different restaurants, you're instead of picking the restaurant, you're kind of yeah. getting the field and the same kind of applies. Now, me personally, I would rather just own Visa, MasterCard and not owning either one of these two, but you, you kind of get where we're coming from. It's yeah. kind of hitting all gamut. Something to look at, T-O-S-T. I, I mean, both of them are just such young companies and that's where you're kind of taking a little bit of a, a gamble when you look at the balance sheets, like we talked about, they're not going to have 96 billion in cash like an Apple, but all right. I like what you're doing there. Next um, home Depot. I mean, it's one of your longest held positions, right? Largest, just, yeah. It's my largest holding, not even close. Yeah. I was way behind you on this one. You, you held this one a lot longer too. And I wish I had bought it a lot uh, sooner, but I mean, so for so long, I just thought I had to look at high growth stocks that uh, basically were just, I mean, live by the sword, die by the sword. You make your numbers, it goes up, you miss them, it goes down. And then there's something like Home Depot that just keeps chugging along quarter after quarter, year after year. They just keep increasing those revenues, just incremental up until the, up until the right. And the same with their dividend payments. And um, I just... 
it's, it's Amazon proof in a way, as we've said, you're not going to go to Amazon and buy a big old two by four. It's just not going to happen. So, uh, yeah, I just, I will always add to home Depot. Again, if I, I ever mean, started concentrating in the cot and look, the goal is that Costco becomes home Depot. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's what you're hoping. And, and I put them together. You want to own Lowe's if you yes. want to take it from the approach. Look, I just have so much home Depot exposure. I mean, it's, it's, probably i have a little bit too much i should probably start trimming some off it's a 10 bagger mm -hmm. you know i bought it at 38 dollars a share it's trading at 315 dollars and 55 cents it feels good but if you want to start off and saying well i like lowe's too visa mastercard home depot lowe's yeah. they're both great companies they're both dividend aristocrats you buy them both yeah i mean some bucks, are just duopoly each. yeah i mean there's some things that are monopoly and there's some that are duopoly and i think you'd still do very well with with two companies i mean interesting enough i was like i was saying i feel comfortable with just having a few more companies and being more well-rounded and in doing so giving up some percentage points but it feels more comfortable but this is exactly what what we're speaking to if I wanted to get more concentrated things like FedEx or, or global payments network, those would be discarded and things like uh, Costco and uh, home Depot would definitely be their Apple too. And you'd anchor around things like, like those right now. But yeah. as I said, I've just gotten to a place where I'm feeling comfortable just having more sacrificing some of the upside, but being able to sleep. And again, it's still plenty of well, people have become weird. very wealthy trying to again turn it back on me or defend myself i know you're not a fan but i i've got some that's why i love cisco mm -hmm. i mean you're you're not gonna lose 75 percent like we saw google went down 45 percent last year it can yeah. happen and cisco you know it, yeah lost what 22 percent last year but there's a big difference between 45 and 22 percent and to me the home depots the the comcast the costco the Cisco, you might not get a, a 15 bagger out of them, but you're not going to lose 15 times. And I'll tell you something. And I said this to my son, he's re, he redid his portfolio, my oldest. As, as much as it's fun to, to, to make money, losing money is 10 times, mm -hmm. the feeling's 10 times worse than when you actually make money. Because when you make money, you're, you're, you tell yourself, well, I'm supposed to make money. Yeah. When you lose money, there. I mean, there's nothing worse. I mean, what's I Warren mean, Buffett's uh, number one saying? Just uh, rule one: don't lose money. Rule two: don't forget rule one. Yeah, there I you mean, go. So Love true. It. it. Um. Yeah. I mean, it is the all sorts of psychological studies that the uh, the pain that we feel from losing far exceeds the the joy and happiness we feel when it goes when it goes up. And um, yeah, it's like you were saying. I mean, some of these companies. I don't want to say it's it's not that they won't become. 10 baggers, it just may take them a lot longer. But some of these, right. I would definitely feel more comfortable that, yes, if you hold on to them and you just keep um, adding to them and, and reinvesting dividends, that they will become 10 baggers. It just may take longer. Whereas something like a moonshot, uh, uh, some growth company, maybe it does happen, but there's a lot of risk that it doesn't. And not only that, but the volatility along the way. I think you and I both learned that over the last couple of years. I mean, I haven't sold any of those positions like Shopify or whatever, but it's a bumpy ride. I mean, when they go up, they can go up, but when they go down, they can go down hard too. Well, and you know, I know I'm like, Phil might come across like I'm bragging. Oh, I got a $38, 10 bagger. It was trading at $38 in 2010. Mm -hmm. That's 13 years later Yeah, for 13 years. And I'm not technically now I'm not a 10 bagger. Now you factor in dividends definitely, mm -hmm. but 
that's 13 years of holding on to just a slow roller here. So not only that, but it's wait. like you said, that's not accounting for the dividend. So if you really were looking at what the what the adjusted price would be, yeah, 17%. I mean, I, I don't know what it would be, but your cost basis is actually even much, much lower than that when you factor in the dividends. I mean, that's why when you look at those stock charts too, like uh, you look at um, Altria from 1970 or whatever and the split adjusted and, and dividend adjusted price is like one penny or whatever. I mean, if you were reinvesting dividends all along, and hopefully that's the same thing with things like Home Depot too. By the way, and I know you don't own um, Altria. I don't own Altria either, but I did see, because I kind of lost track of them. You know, their their yield's 8%. I've been that's looking at them too. Um, yeah, it was probably, I don't know how long ago it was, 16, 18 months ago. But I remember the episode we we're talking about it and I was talking about getting rid of um the last of my Altria and Philip Morris too. And I still, I, I don't regret it. I feel a lot better. I just didn't feel right. comfortable owning those. But um, yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, that 8% dividend right now? What would those dividend payments look like? I mean, but again, anyway, it's- I like, I love the, uh, the Home Depot and. Uh... Next is. Um, what do you got? Into it. I I'm am sorry, also- you broke up. What was that? Into it. Okay. It's the company that owns uh, TurboTax. Credit yep. Karma, they, yep. uh, I mean, it's not just this time of year with tax season coming up, but um, their their software businesses use it all the time for their for their bookkeeping and their accounts payable and everything in between. And it's just a very sticky business. Um, if you think about a lot of what we do when it comes to software, you find something that you know, that you like, that you can use. You just continually, if you need new software, you will just buy the same thing. So that business models work very well. And again, a sneaky company that when you look at the charts over the the last 10 years, you're like, wow, this company actually is really good at allocating their capital. Not only have they increased the dividend for 10 years, but they're buying back shares consistently and their cash flow just keeps keeps going going up. So I will continue to add to Intuit as well. All right. What do you got next? MasterCard. Yep, love as, it. As as we said, um, I mean, we talked about it so much. We only use credit cards more. I mean, if you gave me a buy, sell, and hold on um, on uh, Global Payments Network, Mastercard, and um, and Visa, I would I would I would buy Mastercard. I would I would hold Visa, and I would get rid of the uh, GPN. But that's the great thing about this is I have all three in my portfolio. And let's just take a minute here to. This is just like a prime example of what I what I like to see at, and I own Mastercard and Visa. It's a new company. This is a good example of I felt like I missed the boat. Oh, mm-hmm. I wish I bought it then. What was I thinking? Why didn't I buy it? Well, you know, I'll find the next Mastercard Visa. Mm-hmm. Don't just buy Mastercard and Visa, okay? You know, the, the, you know, my oldest again. You know, he I, he's he's in his twenties. It's good for him to make mistakes. He he said. Oh, I want, I bought Neo. I want the next Tesla. Just mm-hmm. buy Tesla, right? Yeah. You know, and I don't like Tesla by any means or Neo, but, and this is a good example. Cash flow, we're doing a trailing 12 month average. Sorry, I didn't bring that up earlier. Free cash flow, $10 billion, mm-hmm. right? You look at their total debt, 7 billion. They got, they're generating 3 billion of just pure cash flow. Um, I, I think it's great. I, I like Visa as well too. It's so weird. We've talked about before how they both came went public mm-hmm. around the same time. They both came out years. in existence in the seventies. We're talking a couple of years between the two of them. Um, is there a reason why? And I can't answer this. 
mm-hmm. because I'm a duality guy. I'm not a triple. American Express, you, do you, why don't you like American Express? I, I just kind of, I'm like, well, I need two of the three. And I just went with Visa MasterCard because I like the cash flow of MasterCard. And to me, when it comes to Visa, I like, you know, the dividend cash flow as well, too. Well, why, why don't you own American Express? It's a good reason. It's a good question. I don't know if I really have a, a good reason. I mean, there's definitely some synergies there that if you did have uh, American Express um, in the portfolio, it, it would be well-rounded in a, in, a in a different way because they actually have their own payment processing network. I think Visa and MasterCard both uh, process their transactions the same way, whereas American Express... Um, has their own separate network that they do this on. They also have things like, I mean, they're far more into banking now and, 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 and loans. I mean, when we were kids, I think American express traveler checks were a, a big deal. They don't have those anymore, but I guess, I mean, it could just, can I answer? I'm actually going to go back and tell you that you, that's why I don't like it. I don't want mm-hmm. business banking. I don't want that. You know, I have enough exposure to that anyway. And let's just go, let's just go. Uh, what was that? Lynch guy, Peter Lynch. Um, Peter Lynch. Mm-hmm. Let's just go back to basics. Yeah. When was the last time you were out with a friend and they busted out an American Express Express card? card? I mean, yeah, they're trying to re uh, revamp the image to really cater to a younger crowd with a lot of their uh, their points programs and everything. But I mean, I don't know about you, but I just think of it as is yeah, it's like our, our our father's generation too is American Express too. The commercials are always so weird. It'd be remember this too, where it'd be like a guy running across the airport to to get home real yeah. quick as his kids recital and he flashes the the Amex card or whatever, never leave home without it or or the traveler's checks thing. So maybe that's part of it. it just I don't know, reminds me of a of a different era. But well, I'm and sure uh, well I'm a little it. bitter. I went to Europe 20 years ago and I left six hundred dollars of traveler checks. <laughs> At some bus stop, so I'm better about that. Real quick, they'll check out Visa for a second because you already mm-hmm. have Visa in your list, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Let me skip ahead. Visa's on there. Cash flow seventeen billion. That's crazy. And then again, their debt, their net debt is six point seven. It's um crazy. I mean, they, they could uh, they could just pay off their debt so quickly. I also um too. This is another selling point on. I don't know if this is the same for Amex, but this is definitely true for Visa and Mastercard. Uh. I was listening to this podcast of, I can't think what it's called, but it's how businesses work. And it was the history of Visa. So one of the things that I took away from this is that their, um, their, uh, their system software is, is archaic by, by today's standards, as far as, um, the, uh, the technology that goes into processing transactions, but it's still something like 17,000 transactions they can process a second. So at no point has there ever been a need to, to reinvent the wheel, to upgrade the software. So this is also goes right into why they, partly why they generate so much cash because their margins are so incredibly high. There is absolutely no upkeep or needing for upgrade with their software or somebody like uh, Southwest just recently with their flights being grounded. It's because their technology was so out of date and they didn't want to do this. It's almost the exact opposite with Visa and MasterCard. They still use mainframe computers from the seventies. And as long as they're plugged in and there's electricity, they just, they do their, they do their thing. So it's pretty impressive in that sense too, that when you think about how many companies have capital expenditures where they're constantly having to upgrade, like we just talked about with Comcast or whatever, Visa and MasterCard just, you have these like basically dumb terminals and they just run transaction after transaction. Well, and I do think um, 
not to get on a tangent, you can say, Hey Mike, come on, get back on here. But I've been buying a bunch of the VGT, mm -hmm. the Vanguard, um, technology tech one, ETF. right? Apple, Microsoft, NVIDIA, Visa, PayPal, Adobe, Microsoft, or MasterCard. They have them as tech companies yeah. in the VGT. And then if you're actually going to look at a financial ETF, mm -hmm. they've got Visa and MasterCard, MasterCard those too. So you're kind of kind of similar to your realty companies, tech, realty, MasterCard, uh, you know, it's kind of digital payments yeah. with tech, but also financials. That's I where like I love that. that. I love that category of, of fintech, right? It's financial, yep. it's technology too. I mean, it still is a, a, um, a well-rounded uh, portfolio, Get a little bit of everything. Love it. Uh, this one's total, totally different in the opposite direction. This is um, McCormick's Spice oh Maker. Oh my gosh. When did you have the big end? What is it? Uh, M MKC McCormick's. Oh man, I, this, these, I don't know why. I just love companies like this, right? It's Where it's good times, bad times, iPhones, tech. It's not sexy at all. I mean, it's we're talking barbecues. We're talking tiny company. All right, I'll let you talk. It, it, I mean, this is, I mean, you said it exactly. Everybody knows this. Everybody has a little spice rack. Um, there's probably so many in mind that are actually expired that I can clean out, but I don't because I still, I mean, just like going through them, I'll go to the grocery store. When I go down that aisle, I'll just take a peek and I'll be like, oh, that sounds good. It doesn't, I mean, I'll just use it. I'm just going to do some steaks or whatever else. And it's just, it's not a sexy business, but it's just consistent. They never light the world on fire. They've made some good acquisitions here recently. I think within the last couple of years is when they bought uh, Frank's Red Hot Sauce. Yeah. And they make it just little tuck-in acquisitions too. Um, strangely enough that um, this year it's, I think one of my biggest losers, it's down 11%. So, but it's not actually surprising when you think about it. It's like a defensive play. I mean, this market's been pretty good. A lot of techs up this year, but if you look at last year, things like McCormick was a, was a really good, was a really good play. It was up uh, last year, but overall, it's not going to light the world on fire, but over 25 years of raising the dividend and just well, a very we get simple to do my business. Favorite things. Yeah. Let's look at the brands. Right. Is there anything better than looking at the brands? We've done it with Oots. We did it with Mondelay. We did it with, uh, what was the one that we were, uh, we did it with um, Hershey's. We've done it with Hershey Clorox. Do you remember? It was like Clorox is a good you one. You want to talk duality. I like a little McCormick's Clorox kind of at the both side. I think McCormick's yeah. is a better, better run company. So I'm going to go through the brands. Uh, we got aeroplane jelly. Never heard of that. Australian favorite. I, I don't know what that is. Billy B since 1958, Billy B has delivered hundred percent pure honey. Okay. Um, cattleman's barbecue sauce, Cholua. There you go. That's so between Cholua and Frank's red, I mean, yeah. right there, they got that. I didn't know Frank's cornered. until I, until, uh, Producer Tom sent me this list. We got Chalua Clubhouse. Never heard of that. I don't know what it's like. Uh, whatever. Um, what is this one? Durkos. Um, it's funny because I own the company. A lot of these I didn't even, uh, I didn't even <laughs> Frank's know. Frank's Red Hots is a big one. That's like yeah. Tabasco. Yeah. Right? French's. The classic yellow mustard. Everybody knows French's. Um, Lowry's. Right? Yep. Um, and then you just got the McCoy Old Bay. Do you know that? So 
This is when you just look at just the spice rack alone between the Lowry, the McCormick's and the um, and the Old Bay. It's it's a basically a monopoly right there. You just the Procter Gamble of. Yes. Of just that little spice rack. Just forget all the other stuff. But just those three. That's basically every King Supers, every Albertson Safeway. Yeah. The Stubbs barbecue. See? Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's not bad. So. I, I do. And the reason why it's so similar to Clorox, it's got a little bit of everything. The market cap's pretty similar to it. Now, to me, because I've gone down the Clorox thing, I, I would rather just own PG and call it a day. <laughs> what I like about McCormick's is there's, and, and this is where you can come back and be like, yeah, of course there is. But I don't know if there's really like another spice. It's kind of the moat, right? Is there like it another... It's a perfect example of a moat, just with those three brands, right. just with Lowry's, Old Bay, and McCormick's. I mean, if you're looking for even some just basic seasoning for your your veggies or your salad, I mean, you're looking at one of those three. And same for the meat seasoning, too. So, yeah, Here's I think it's a total moat. You know, when you look up a company and it tells you what, like, similar companies, mm -hmm. you've got Clorox, CLX came back in that. I honestly would rather own... McCormick's and Procter and Gamble than Clorox and Procter and Gamble. Just mm -hmm. stick with what works. Market caps, 18 billion for Clorox. I'm not going to go down. Their numbers just, I mean, their financial stink for Clorox. Um, but then you've got uh, J.M. Smucker. Yeah. Right? It, what, Jelly, like Jelly's Jams. Jelly and uh, Jiffy, right? And then I think they're the best of the best. I mean, Campbell's soup's kind of in there, but if you're going seasoning, I, I think it's. Whoa, do you know who owns Hidden Valley Ranch? This is one, isn't it? One of those ones that's like either. Clorox. Is it? Yeah, I was going to think because we talked about like, yeah. I take no. McCormick's over Clorox. I think they got better numbers. I think it's a better run company. I do like McCormick's. That's awesome. I love that stuff. That or I just like I like the pick. I like that over Hormel too. Mm -hmm. Hormel's kind of in there a little bit um good Look, stuff it's just it's it's gonna just round out the the portfolio for me and i'm i'm totally okay with that too it's never gonna light the world on fire but the it's end, the just cisco of seasoning <laughs> cisco seasoning i like that what do you got next uh market access mktx so i think we've talked about this way back in the day this is a um this is my i've financial never heard of slash this company i'm sorry fixed income play they're they're a bond trading platform so they're the largest bond trading platform so this is a way to get diversification into fixed income like things like bonds without actually buying bonds. bonds yeah i'm but, not a um, bond guy it um it has raised its dividend for more than 10 years grown earnings and cash flow every year over the last 10 years as well and uh it's just another one of those ones that's a sneaky good performer it's a small company. I mean, right? You know, it's what thirteen bill. Yeah, I mean, small it's dividend. the course of the last twenty years. Though I think it's trounced the market. I've only owned it for a couple of years, and there's definitely times where I've bought and when it was higher, and it's had a good year so far this year. And I hope it continues, and I'll continue to add to it. Been a tough uh, twenty four months. I think this was a yeah. little, you know, but it's going to correlate with bonds. Uh, what do yeah. you got next? Mr. Softy. I mean, we've talked about this one so many times, but I mean, we don't I talk did, about it enough. I mean, we, we really don't. 
Did well, let's Microsoft. do this too. The um, I mean, the deal that um they made with um with uh, ChatGPT, I think is 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 sneaky smart. And have you seen the um the revamped um Bing uh interface they're gonna they're gonna launch? All right, you're talking about. It's been a lot of drama the last 24, mm-hmm. 48 hours. I'm a Google guy. I added yeah. more Google the other day. Get out of here, dude. I'm sorry, Bing. Do you know the, the path they have to get to even come close to what Google is? Well, 90% of the search is still something like Google, but here's. Tell me what you like that, about Bing. Sell me. Cause I'm getting um, a little defensive with all this Bing recent 24 uh, hours. I like that you're, stuff. I like that you're, you're pushing back. Um, it's not that I'm going to use Bing. It's that I think that this is. I mean, if you want to get back to what made Microsoft a great company in the first place was that Bill Gates was an innovator. I mean, he yeah. revolutionized computer software. Everybody was worried about computers and, and who's going to make the best computer or whatever. And Bill Gates came along and said, it doesn't matter. Every single computer is going to need an operating system. So that's where we're going to come in. Um, I will say during the Steve Ballmer years, I don't think they were as innovative. And when they were innovative... They just were trying to do other things that others did. I mean, they bought, bought LinkedIn. Skype. Yeah, yeah, LinkedIn, Skype. Um, the remember their um their MP3 player, the Zoom or whatever, Zoom yeah. or whatever it's gonna be. Yeah. How'd that work out? Their own phone. But then Sacha Nadella comes in and says, We're gonna be a uh, we're gonna get back to the roots with uh software, but then um cloud computing, and now their Azure is uh is one of the biggest uh, performers in the whole business. So I think what they're doing here with Bing is not that it's going to revolutionize internet search, but being the first player to integrate artificial intelligence into their search, because this is what really caused um, Google's Netflix fumble to here go recently. down the eight bucks. Yeah, is because they were behind the eight ball and they felt they had to immediately rush and catch up. But the idea of just going to your internet search browser and doing something like what what uh, restaurant do I want to go to or, or where do I want to go on a date and having it work like that where not only does it say where you're going to go, it's like you're going to go here, you're going to take these directions to get here. When you get here, you're going to order this menu, you're going to pair it with this bottle of wine and having everything laid out. I don't think that But But don't you think it, my problem is, is you said it best. Google should have just said, we don't have our AI ready. We don't have one. Why they come on? They're like, uh, okay, let's throw something together real quick for the conference call, and then they like throw was it band? The bar to bar, bar, bar I don't know, whatever. And it was like the worst thing ever, and the stock went down eight percent, the most it's been down in God knows how many years. And Microsoft pretty much stayed the same. I, I just think it would have been better if they just didn't even. I mean, maybe I'm getting on a tangent, but you so, feel like you know what I'm saying. I, I do. And here's where I will tie it back to is that, um, so I was watching a CNBC interview with Satya Nadella talking about this and he was pretty candid about it too, just saying that, um, you know, I don't know what this is going to do for our bottom line, but it's just the idea of them being a leader. But I think what it also does is basically says, you know, Google now has to react to us. They now have to get their product going. And that's what competition should look like. That's what capitalism is. I make something, you make it a little better, then I tweak it better. So I'm thinking in terms that I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to, like you, I'm not going to stop using Google. It's just so easy. 
But I like that Satya Nadella is innovating and say, all yeah. right, we're going to try this. And then Google's going to do that. And then when Microsoft comes back, maybe they do something totally different than it is. And I think that that's really what I'm thinking about this is that they're just out there and they're like, we're innovating. We're trying stuff and let's see what others do because that's only going to make us more competitive and better and too. Let's not confuse the audience. I love Microsoft. Mm -hmm. To me, if I really wanted to hand or no, this is how I handle tech. Buy Apple, buy Microsoft, buy Google, buy the VGT. Don't overthink it. I mean, yes. I put Microsoft, NVIDIA, which I know the balance sheet isn't there. There's going to be some problems. It's kind of more of a, it's not as a safe bet, but I got no problem with Microsoft. I, I love Microsoft. I guess I'm just a little bit bitter that I don't know if Google should have gone down 8% just because their AI isn't going to be as cool as Bing. That's all. Well, let's, let's do a, a cool little um little little thought experiment here um and you've said so i will say the same thing that if you're doing an internet search you're using google right for for your internet oh, yeah. search that's so that's all i'm doing um something like 90 percent of search is done with uh, with google in a way you could say that when it comes to internet search google is the absolute monopoly that, yep. that that's it but uh, if we look at microsoft too bing has always sucked and it, it's not great but I would say that they have a monopoly too. And here's, here's the thought process. Yeah. Every, every job that I've ever had, every work computer that I've ever had, what software has been on it? Outlook, all that. Yes. It's been so, Microsoft. It's, it, I mean, nobody ever talks about this because things like monopoly in our, in, in our country are bad things, but there's no way around it. Microsoft Office, Windows software, at least in the corporate world, is a virtual monopoly. Every Fortune 500 business uses some form of Windows. They use it on their, their servers, and they use it on their desktop computers, and they use the Office Suite for Excel. They use Outlook. It just it well, and prints it's like money. And, it's just, and Xbox is just a little sprinkling on the cake. That's yeah, all it it's is. Other stuff mm -hmm. it is. Now they have the cloud business, and they and they have all this, uh, yep. this storage, too. But... Um, I just whether we're talking Google or Microsoft, I think there's a place in, in portfolios I, for both. 100%. Of them. They're just, and they're I'm like just, monopolies. Nobody likes to say it. I mean, it's such a, a dirty word or whatever, but I mean, and well, just reiterating my point buy some Microsoft. If, if, and this is what I was trying to explain. You know, sorry to keep bringing up my son again, but he's reallocating his portfolio. He's, he's a big boy now. He's got his own Charles Schwab account. account. I'm like, look. Take three or four tech stocks. I know all you know is tech, right? Mm -hmm. Three or four discretionary, three or four financial, three or four healthcare, one or two fun speculation mm -hmm. ones. And when you go to the tech ones, you can't go, don't overthink it. Microsoft, mm -hmm. Apple, Google, these companies are great. And uh, no, you couldn't have said it better. When'd you start adding to Microsoft? How long have you been a shareholder? Um, started in 2019. So again, if you want to look at the course yep. of thing, still, still way late in the trajectory of the company, but it still continues to buy back its shares. It continues to raise the dividend. And again, I mean, in 20 years time, is it going to be the second or third largest country in the world? I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm hoping it'll still be producing cool things and making tons of money. And I can't just bring this point. What's really changed me as an investor is you doing, you know what? Just because so many people can say, oh, I missed the boat at Microsoft. I heard some guy's dad's 
grandfather bought it at nine dollars and now he's a millionaire i missed that boat you realize it's a good company in 2019 all those points you made and you went and bought it even though you could have bought it you know 10 years ago and that's what's great with with stuff it's unlike sports Mm -hmm. You can do whatever you want. You can be like, I'm an Eagles fan now, yeah. right? You can say, you know what? I'm buying Microsoft. I love it. I'm, I'm well, definitely. Not only, I mean, it, it makes me think also sports too. Now, just made me think of this too. How many teams that have been good or right there on the cusp and didn't do anything, but all it takes is like one small tweak of a of a coach or a player, and that it just everything comes together. You can say the same with companies, just because. Um, they were great. Doesn't mean they'll be great in the future or if they've been mediocre, they could be, or you can go from, I mean, the book good to great. So, I mean, plenty of teams too have had dynasties gone down and then come back up again. So, I mean, this is what I think too, I reiterating your point too, if it's a quality company, quality business, there's probably still, you can say that you haven't missed your chance to compound quality wealth stuff. over the long term. Yeah. What do you got after Microsoft? Next era energy. Yeah, I love Nextera. I, I, I'm just gonna say that this is just my personal play. Mm -hmm. I actually sold my Nextera not because I don't like it, mm -hmm. but I'm just sticking with my VPU, which mm -hmm. is the Vanguard Utilities. Fifteen percent of it is in Nextera. I'd rather yeah. keep adding to that versus Nextera. Um, I do love Nextera. Do you know a third of their company? I heard this today. I love fast money. Uh, Josh Brown was talking about him. Shout out to Josh Brown. And I'm going to see if I can Downtown get Josh Brown. Love that guy. A third of Nextera is the Florida. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's the Flo Florida Light and Power. Is, yeah. there, is, is their main? Is no, their actually, main... I got two thirds is Florida Light and Power. And then a third is Renewable Energy. Yeah. They're a small company. Great dividend. Go ahead. I love it. I, this is this is part of it, and um, there's a. I mean, I've thought about like you just getting a uh, index that tracks the major utilities. Um, for the most part, they're all. I mean, it's like what the telephone companies used to be in that they're they're very regional, and some are just better run than others. But I felt there was uh, a lot of overlap. So this is one where it's just my my portfolio doesn't have a whole lot of. Um, energy in it this is right. this is really no one's it does this is what it's, pay it's clean i i, I like yep. it, it that a large part of their business is their largest renewable. player in in renewable energies with yep. uh with wind and even solar and then they have the consistent cash flow of uh florida gas and electric is uh just generating so much and that's the thing about um utility companies too is if you look at their their cash flow their cash flow is always negative but that's just because they generate so much that they give it all back to um to shareholders, and then also because of the regulations with the government being a utility company, they have to set aside uh, stuff like that for for buying more energy or or price hikes and and demand or whatever it is. That's but, a great point too, because people are doing their homework, listening mm -hmm. to this, and they're checking out cash flows. It is a negative one point six million, um, or one one point six million, one point six billion. Um, I would add too. You want to own the best of the best of each sector. Microsoft tech is the best of the best with Apple. Nextera is the best. Yeah, utilities it's, best company utilities. it's not even. It close. is. It's heading. Look, and, and I know we've talked about it before on the pod. I mean, you're, you're essentially buying the Amazon of consumer discretionary. You're buying the Tesla of EV. You're buying the Google of communications. You're buying the Home, Do Home Depot of consumer discretionary. And that's yeah, all you're I mean doing. 
if you're getting concentrated too, uh, this would be on one of those concentrated uh, if it was getting the portfolio down. It's also a, um, a dividend or risk rat, more than 25 years. I mean, you start getting to 25 years of being able to raise that dividend year over year. That's good capital allocation from the management. Well, and that's where I, I, I owned it. And I just, you know, again, not to put it back on me, but the VPU, which is the um, Vanguard Utilities ETF, 14, 15%. I put $100 in the VPU, $15 mm-hmm. of it goes right to Nextera. Duke, Duke Energy's in there, Southern, Dominion, they're all in there, Excel, you name it. Um, and I've said it before on the pod, and then we, we'll, we'll get back onto your next one. What I love about the VPU is the VPU gives you utility or any u- utilities ETF. It gives you dividend exposure, which is almost as high as a high dividend yield. Mm-hmm. And you get utilities exposure, which I can tell you, everyone's portfolio is probably, okay, not everyone's. You talk to a thousand people, 990 of them are lacking utilities. Yeah, This is a good way, uh, Nextera is a good way to, to, get some, um, to get some in your portfolio. I love Nextera. And then I got, got oh, Nike. Yeah, real quick. Did you see the trailer? Or which one? For um, it's the trailer is about how um, it's got. Oh gosh, I'm gonna. Uh, I might, Tom. We might have to look this one up. We're talking uh, about the trailer. Yeah, it just came out. It's got Ben Affleck, Matt Damon. Oh, they're making, he's plays Phil Knight or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Here's something like I haven't seen. I didn't know how the they got, on. they signed Air Jordan. Is it based, I think it's based on, so I read the book, um, Shoe Dog. Um, the yeah. one that was Phil Knight's book. This is, yeah, this is the the movie version. It's called Air and it, it literally was released 12 hours ago, the trailer. Oh, I'll have to check it out after this too. Um, just another uh, company. I've done this before too, where I just thought, what if Michael Jordan had taken his original um, Air Jordan uh, contract in, uh, in Nike stock and instead of uh, cash, which at that right? time was, yeah, got to be. Yeah, it would be. I mean, Nike is, when you think of uh, Nike, I, it's just, it doesn't jump out as a, as a dividend uh, stalwart, but it's getting really close to aristocrat uh, territory. I think it's 19 years that it's, it's raised the, the dividend. And um, well, it just, just declared its dividend seven. Uh, what uh, today? Yeah, it just declared its quarterly dividend. Yep. And it just it. Um, and there's a lot of research and development that goes into every new shoe they make. I mean, they're in so many different uh, sports where they're the they're the they're the best of breed again uh, when it when it comes to when it comes to shoes, athletic apparel, equipment, and. Um, yeah, it just seems like uh, they had a they've had a rough go of it with uh, supply chain issues and uh, their manufacturing uh, over overseas. But um, those are the hiccups that I think about with um, with the changing world economy. But consistently, still year over year, they've made more money than they they did the the previous year. Do you, I mean, to me, Nike. If Nike is the Home Depot of apparel, do you want to know what I think the the what the soon to be Costco of apparel is going to be late on me Lululemon Lulu yeah I, I, I just, still have it in my portfolio I'm not, I haven't been adding to it as much but um yeah, I don't they, own them but I just the more and more I think about it and this is the opposite of what we've been talking about you you maybe want to p- 
put a little bit more on the line and maybe do something a little bit, you know, maybe it's a growth stock that maybe you can, can turn into a 10 bagger quick sooner than later. That, that could be a Lululemon. I don't own them. Um, I know we've talked about before in the pod, but it's just something that's, it stands out to me. Yeah. Lulu is a good capital allocator too. Um, I mean, some companies pay dividends, some uh, buy back shares and some do both, but um, Lulu has actually, I think done very well at buying back their, uh, their stock consistently too, which again, if you're lowering the share count, it should uh, juice the earnings over time and be reflected in the multiple, which in turn would be the stock price. And Lulu has been a, a great performer for, the last, I don't know, in 10 plus years, I think it's well outperformed the, uh, the, the market. hundred percent. What you got. After- if you have any questions about any of what we've talked about today or something we missed, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at two buds, talk stocks, or on Gmail at two buds, talk stocks. And occasionally we post pictures on Instagram at two buds, talk stocks. And if you listen to us on a platform like Apple, where you can leave a rating or review, please do so. It might help bump us up in the algorithm and get more listeners. Until next time, thanks for listening.